is the reputation of the Lord in your life? Why don't you praise him according to his reputation right now? Man, I'm excited about preaching today. I think we've just been absolutely in the afterglow of early service. We had hundreds of people baptized in the Holy Spirit. We're teaching this on every campus today. How many of you are glad to be in a spirit-filled house? Anybody? Hey, didn't Pastor Dome bring the heat last week preaching? How many of you love Pastor Dome? Give her a God bless you. And today I'm going to continue to talk about the the superpowers that the Holy Spirit provides. This is Pentecost Sunday, and I'm gonna let you know right up front that I believe in the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And I'm happy to say you're in one of those churches. Hallelujah. We're looking in Acts chapter two, Acts chapter two. You can follow along on the screen. All my friends by live stream, so honored to have you. It says in verse one, when the day of Pentecost had fully come. Somebody say fully come. I never read where it fully went. I just, I just read that it came, and it came and it stayed. It said they were all in one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided or various tongues. King James Version said cloven tongues as of fire. Watch this. And one sat down upon each of them, here it is, and they were filled all with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. And then John 14, from the very lips of our Savior, Jesus declares, if you love me, keep my commandments and I will pray the Father and he will send you another helper, an alos parakletos in the Greek, that he may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and shall be in you. Anybody thankful for the Holy Spirit today? Listen, I don't believe your life ought to be ordinary. Who's hungry for a life that is beyond ordinary? Slip up your hands. I want to talk to superpowered saints today. I'm going to really preach on the power of the Holy Spirit and how it needs to operate in your life. So we raise our hands before you, Lord, and we ask you to have your way. Help me to teach and preach this thing in a way that would give you glory and then pour your spirit out here and on every campus. We give you glory. Somebody give the Lord the ovation of the morning. Come on. Give him a shout of praise if you love him. Before you sit down, tell your neighbor, I'm a super-powered saint. I'm a super-powered saint. I, now listen, I love to go to the superhero movies. I love the Marvel movies and the DC comics. I, I go, Peyton loves it, Channing loves it, uh, Courtney kind of likes it, but Dawn gets a real good nap. Come on, somebody. But I'm glad to know that our power is not pretend. Our power is the real thing. How many of you believe that the power of the Holy Spirit is for real? Make a little noise if you believe that today. I believe with all my heart that that power that was poured out for, on Pentecost is for today. And this is our superpower because God doesn't intend for your life to be ordinary and for you to just survive. And I know many through the years, you, they brought, bought into the erroneous teaching that tongues have ceased. And they quote the text from 1 Corinthians uh, 13, 9 that actually says tongues shall cease. But that same passage also declares that knowledge shall cease. Has knowledge ceased? You, you look at your family sometimes and think so. Can I get a witness? 
But the truth is, knowledge has not ceased. The Bible says, what's the qualifier? When that which is perfect is come, then, then this will be done away with. Who is perfect? Jesus. Has he come? No. We're still waiting on the coming of the Lord. But until he comes, what we operate in is what the New Testament church operated in, and that's the power of the Holy Spirit. The disciples had on-the-job training from the Lord. They walked with the manifested Christ for three and a half years. They saw him heal the sick, raise the dead. They saw him walk on water. But he would not even commission them in the ministry without being baptized fully in the Holy Spirit. And if the disciples needed the Holy Spirit, if Peter, James, John, Andrew, Philip, Bartholomew, and more needed the Holy Spirit, how much more do we need the Holy Spirit. You know, the, Peter on Pentecost, he quoted the book of Joel, and he said, this is that which was prophesied by the prophet Joel. In the last days, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. This promise was 600 years before Pentecost. 2,600 years ago, there was a promise of this outpouring, and I want to tell you, it was poured out at Pentecost. And there are some people who say, I don't believe this. I don't believe this is it. But but, but Peter said, this is that. And I'm going to tell you, if this ain't that, I want to keep this till that gets here. Can I get a witness? But how many of you believe what happened at Pentecost, it was Joel's prophecy coming to pass for the people in the upper room? And does anybody believe it's for you today? If you believe it's for you today, let me hear you give God a praise in the room. Now, now I, I grew up, listen, I was... Can I say it? I was Pentecostal nine months before I was born. I came to a spirit-filled church. I've always been around a spirit-filled environment. And I grew up in a time, you know, where the old-timers would, would pray you through. You had to tarry till you receive the Holy Spirit. You got to tarry because the Bible said tarry till you be endued with power. And you'd go to the altar and you had to tarry and you had to wait. And you had somebody behind you slapping you on the back and saying, turn loose, turn loose, turn loose. And you had somebody in front hitting you in the stomach saying, hold on, hold on, hold on. And then you had somebody else saying, lay down in it lay down and somebody else saying stand up get up listen I was laying down I was standing up I was turning loose I was letting go and I was tarrying because I wanted that power but let me tell you something they tarried at Pentecost they waited at Pentecost and the Holy Ghost came and what you've got to understand is now the tearing is over you don't have to wait on the Holy Spirit you don't have to wait to receive him you don't got to be saved enough to receive him you don't have to you just are saved you're just washed in the blood. You don't have to wait around for him to come. No, before Pentecost, we were waiting on the Holy Spirit. But since Pentecost, he has been waiting on us. Hallelujah. How many of you want that power at work in your life? Anybody? I want it and I can't live without it. Now, now hear me. Jesus said that he would send you another comforter. Now the word comforter there, and I've got to teach quickly because we're going to have an altar service today. We're going to have many filled with the Holy Spirit. But the word comforter is the Greek word paraclete. I didn't say parakeet. Come on, somebody. But paraclete. Jesus knew exactly the term that he was using. How many of you know that Jesus does nothing by accident? He's intentional. He knew what he was saying when he described the Holy Spirit as your 
paraclete. Because when he used this term, he understood the broad and the deep implications of what a paraclete is. A paraclete is your intercessor. He's your counselor. He's your advocate. Come on. He's your comforter. Paracletos is one who pleads another's cause. It's like a, a defense attorney. He works through you. He dwells in you. He comes up alongside of you. And the text says, he shall be with you and he shall be in you. He's not just with me, he's in me. Because everybody that's with you is not always with you. And sometimes you can deny who's with you, but you can't deny what's in you. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's very powerful because it, apply, it implies here that the Holy Ghost is within me. He's with me and he's in me. He's with me and he's in me. He's in me and he's with me. The old timers used to sing the song, something on the inside, working on the outside. Oh, what a change in me. He, he's with me and he's in me. That, that, that means if I go up, he's there. That means if I go down, he's there. It means if I move to the right side, he's there. It means if I move to the left side, he's there. I heard it say he's so high, you can't get over him. He's so low, you can't get under him. He's so wide, you can't get around him. There's nowhere you can go that the Holy Ghost won't go with you. He is is there he's inside of you the Holy Spirit is surrounding you and he's surrounding what's been surrounding you some of y'all been tripping worried upset uptight jacked up messed up beat up from the flea feet up tore up from the floor up messed up from the chest up because you're worried do you not know who's inside of you do you not know that God Almighty is inside of you the Holy Spirit is in He's inside of you. Listen, it's the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. It is the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. He's every bit as much God as God himself. How many of you know that in Genesis, God was not schizophrenic when he said, let us make man in our own image? Oh, I feel like talking to you. The Hebrew word for us there is the word Elohim. Most, trans most often translated God's plural, God's three. It is the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So when you've got the Holy spirit inside of you you got God inside of you that's why no weapon formed against you shall be able to prosper that power is inside of you it's available but you need to accelerate it into action hear me in this room now watch this he's our paracletos now the word para actually means one who comes up and stands beside it is a legal term and one of the main implications here in this context is that he is your go-between he is your lawyer come on now i know we got some lawyers in here he is your he is he is your go-between the, the picture here is when a defendant is pressed hard by an accuser before a judge, come on Judge Grimes, you were a judge for decades, when the accuser is pressing hard on a defendant before a judge, that accuser needs an advocate that will stand up for him, that will stand with him and speak on his behalf. And he would look all through the audience to find his paracletos, his defender, someone who would speak on his behalf. And a paracletos was more than just a lawyer. It was someone who knew and loved the accused. And the picture here, y'all, is so awesome. It's so wonderful because it's as if the prosecutor begins to accuse. He, he, he accuses us and and we don't even know what to do. Who is our prosecutor? His name is Satan. 
if you define his name, he literally, the name Satan literally means the accuser of the brethren. So he is like the accuser. He's the prosecuting attorney, and he will prosecute you. Now watch this. He'll begin to declare all the things that he wants to say about you. He's The devil is a liar. The Bible said he's the father of lies, and he'll accuse you of things you ain't even done. Can I get a witness? How many of you know the devil will accuse you of feelings and sins that you've not even committed? No, and you'll, he'll accuse you, no, I did not murder. Yeah, he'll accuse you, I did not. No, I did not rape. No, I did not steal that money. No, I did not. And you just say, not guilty. Not guilty, not guilty. Get behind me, devil. But then that joker is so sly that he begins to accuse you of what you've done. Now, what do you do when he starts accusing you? Yeah, but you did have a bad attitude. How do you, and the judge is standing there saying, how do you plead? You've been pleading not guilty, but you've been saying, but how do you plead? Not guilty, not guilty. But now, you got a bad attitude. How do you plead? Uh, yeah, but you did lust. How do you plead? Uh, yeah, but you did go to that website. Getting quiet in here, but how do you plead? Yeah, but you did gossip. How do you plead? Yeah, but you did fumble in your marriage. How do you plead? How do you sit there? You don't even know what to say because you know that you're guilty. But then, 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 then. Your public defender, he steps up. He is your paracletos. Here's what Jesus said. Jesus, oh, I feel like throwing my shoe. Jesus said he'll step up. The public defender, the Holy Ghost inside of you, here's what Jesus said he will do. He will testify of me. Oh, my God. Did you get that, Judge? He will testify of me. Jesus said he's not going to talk about your goodness. He's going to talk about my goodness. He's not going to talk about how good you are. He's going to talk about how good I am. He will testify of me. He will testify of me. He won't say that you didn't do it. He won't say that you are not guilty. But he will just say, I know, but look at Jesus. 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 The judge is saying, how do you plead? How do you plead? How do you plead? How do you plead? And you're, you're sitting there saying, I have to say I'm guilty, but your, your defender is saying, yeah, but look at Jesus, look at Jesus, and finally the Lord says, how do you plead? And your, 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 your attorney steps up, your defense steps up and says, he pleads the blood, hallelujah, he pleads the blood, he I dare somebody right now, give God a praise that you have a paracletos who pleads the blood. Y'all better be careful. Don't start nothing. It won't be nothing. I'm trying to teach and you're trying to. Jesus said, and I will pray to the Father and he will give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Somebody say another comforter. Now in the Bible, there are actually two words for another. We're going deep. Come on. I said before I got my PhD, my Pentecostal hairdo. Come on, y'all. Another there's two words for the one word or another in the Bible. Number one, there is the word heretos, where we get our word heresy. Paul talked about another gospel. He said in the last days that there'd be people who would rise up and they would preach another gospel. It would be heresy. What would be considered heresy? Any gospel that doesn't include the cross of Jesus Christ is heresy. Amen, Pastor Really preach it. Any gospel that doesn't talk about the blood is heresy. Okay, I'm going to amen myself. Amen, Pastor. Anybody believe in the power of the blood here today? Come on. Make a little noise if you believe in that power. I want to hear from you. 
any gospel that doesn't use the Bible as its foundation is heresy. It is an allos gospel. It is another gospel. Let me tell you something. Be very careful about listening to leaders that don't focus you on the cross of Jesus Christ, his goodness, and his power. Because here's what I know. The, 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 the last days uh, falling away church the, is going to be anti cross before it's anti-christ they're not they're, they won't teach on they won't do communion they won't talk about the blood of jesus but you're in one of those churches that we actually believe in the power of the blood of jesus christ and his work in our life but here it is that, that word for another it is a, her, a heresy word but then there jesus uses the word allos parakletos the word allos means the very same as it literally means the same in other words, he said, the comforter that I'm sending you will be the same as me. He's going to want what I want. He's going to be for what I'm for. He's going to be against what I'm against. His agenda for your life is going to be the same, Jesus says, as my agenda for your life. He's all about saving. I'm all about saving. I'm all about healing. He's all about healing. I'm all about deliverance and strength. He's all about that. He's all about encouraging you. I'm all about encouraging you. I'm all about helping you. He's all about helping you. I'm all about giving you power over demons and devils in hell. And he's all about giving you power. But you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. This was the power that Jesus had. Jesus did not even do a single miracle until he was filled with the Holy Spirit at his baptism. And if you want to be more like Jesus and have superpowers then you need more of the Holy Spirit you want his heart his agenda to be a part of your life now now check this out the Bible said the Spirit of God is sent to help you how many of you need the Holy Spirit's help come on the Bible said in Romans 8 likewise the Spirit also helps somebody shout help helps our infirmities for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groaning and utterings which cannot be uttered. Now he searches the heart, knows what is the mind of the Spirit. He understands the will of God because the Bible said he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Now I want to expound here just for a moment because the Bible says two things. He knows the mind of the Spirit, and he prays the will of God. Now, check this out. See, we pray everything we know. Honey, this is a superpower because we pray what we know. We see what we see. We pray what we see. We pray what we understand. We touch what we understand, and we touch it, and we pray about it. And then sometimes, I know you don't want to admit it, you've actually prayed some crazy prayers. Come on, wave at me if you've ever prayed any crazy prayers. I, I know we're all thankful for the prayers that God answered, but how many of y'all are thankful for some of the prayers he didn't answer? Oh my God, what if you would have married him? What if you would have got that woman? What if you would have got that job and that company closed down? Somebody ought to give God praise that he knows what's best for you and there's some doors that he closed and he kept closed because it was best for you. But here's the deal. We pray what we know. We pray what we perceive. We pray what we understand because we are finite. We only see what we see. But the Holy Spirit is inside of us. He is omniscient. What is omniscient? Omniscient is two words. Omni-science. Omni means all science 
science means knowledge. So you got all knowledge inside of you praying. All knowledge is praying through me. All knowledge. When I begin to pray in the Holy Ghost, all knowledge is praying through me. That means what you've been breaking your neck trying to figure out, he already knows. All knowledge, omniscience, omniscience is inside of me. How do you think I've had the breakthroughs I've had? How do you think I've made the moves I've moved? Not because I'm so smart, but I've got omniscience inside of me, praying through me. And not only is he omniscient, he's omnipresent. What does that mean? That means he's everywhere all at once. When I tell you he's omnipresent, that doesn't mean that his elbow is in, uh, is in Ormond and his kneecap is in L.A. Come on, somebody. What it means is he is everywhere, all-powerful, all at once. He is omnipresent. That means he knows what you don't know, and he is where you are not. He's so big that he's not even bound by time. He can't even be bound up by time because understand me, God does not move in time. Time moves in God. God is not bound by time. Time is bound by God. That's why when Jesus met John the Revelator on the Isle of Patmos, he said, I'm the Alpha and the Omega. The Alpha is the Greek A. The Omega is the Greek Z. So it was like Jesus was saying, John, I'm the A and I'm the Z. Come on now. And I'm the LMNOP. Can I get a witness? The Alpha represents your past. It's wherever you were. The Omega represents your future. It's wherever you're going. But Jesus said, I am Alpha and Omega. He said, I exist in time. He said, because time exists in me. Wherever you were, I am. Wherever you are, I am. And wherever you're going, I'm already there. I stay in your past, and I keep your past from affecting you in any way. I stay in your past, and I keep your sin from you. Yet I'm with you, leading and guiding and directing. Yet I'm in front of you. I'm in the days before you, uh, days after you, and I'm making a way right out of no way. He said, I'm in front of you, I'm, I'm behind you, and I'm with you, and I'm praying through you. See, there are some things that you need to understand, some things that never touched you, some things that never got to you, some things that never touched you because you had the Alpha and the Omega praying through you inside of you. Uh, how many wrecks should have took you out? How many times did the devil think, I'll have your children, I'll have your marriage, I'll have your daughter, I'll have your son, I'll have your destiny, but your paraclete got deep down inside of you and he prayed inside of you. Let me skip a minute and tell you, anybody can shout over what you made it through, and I think it's good to shout over what you made it through, but you need to make some noise over what never got to you. Well, thank God for what never touched me because I had omniscience and omnipresence playing inside of me. And when he played inside of me, he ripped apart the scheme of the enemy. Somebody give God a shout if you understand what I'm saying. Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, you just sit there, but you don't know. So you really don't know. You really don't know. How many times God made a way for you? Why don't you praise him right now? Why don't you thank him right now? Why don't you say, God, you are good?
omniscient, omnipresent, alpha and omega, never been created. <laughs> and he knows what's up. I need to tell you, mother, he knows what's up with your children. He knows what's up with your marriage. He knows what's up with your money. Let him pray through you. Now, watch this. The Bible said that the Spirit also helps our infirmities. Mm. Now, now, infirmity, you can, you can read about infirmity. I actually wrote a lot about infirmity in my book, Hell Spells, and, and what that means. But, but infirmities are things we struggle with on the inside. And understand me, the Bible said that the Spirit helps our infirmities. One translation says our iniquities. And the word helps there means two who walk together carrying the same burden. Somebody say, I got help. Infirmities are inner struggles, inner fightings, a bending toward a certain behavior. I've seen, uh, I've seen people who seem like their families struggled with generational infirmities or iniquities. In other words, it's things like entire families, you see them, they wrestle with sexual sin or they, or they wrestle with alcoholism. It's like a family is bent toward that. And even in my life, man, there's, there's so much that tried to come on me from generations before me. Y'all look at me now, you don't know what I came out of. Much of my family died, Can I, I'm just gonna be honest. They died in insane asylums. They died in mental health wars. But tell your neighbor, pastor ain't crazy. Come on, somebody. I don't mean, I don't want to be disrespectful to where I came from, but I'm telling you, I broke that generational mess off my life. I said I broke it off my life, but I didn't do it by myself. There's so much addiction in my family. There's so much mental illness in my family, but in me, that does not reign because the Holy Spirit lives inside of me, and he breaks that generational iniquity off of me, and now I am free by the power of the Holy Spirit. Not only does it not touch me, it does not touch my children, and it will not touch my children's children, but I had help. Tell your neighbor I'd had help. You see me where I am today, but you don't know what I came out of. You see my story, but do, you don't know what I came out of. You see my glory, but you don't know my story. That's why I can't have you judge my praise. That's why I can't have you talk about me when I get happy. Because when I think about where God brought me from, something inside of me said I had help. Tell your neighbor I had help. I had help. Help. I'm only here because I had help. I only made it because I had help. The Holy Spirit inside of me changed my life. Now, what does he do? He prays the mind and the will of God. And then the Bible, remember, he's the Allos Paracletos. That means he's the same as Jesus. And what does the Bible say in Hebrews about Jesus? For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. To be touched with the feelings of our infirmity, it means I'm going to feel what you feel. If you're suffering, I'm going to get in that with you. Have you ever been praying in the Holy Spirit and it's like you begin to, to almost weep in the Holy Spirit? You begin, it's the Holy Spirit saying, man, I'm feeling this with you. And I'm going to get you out of this problem and I'm going to make a way. He's a constant companion. And understand this, not only is he touched with the feelings of our infirmities, that means if it matters to me, it matters to him. But, but watch this, this is very important. The Holy Spirit's work is a continual process.
The Bible said, the Bible said you shall receive uh, power from on high. John, the Bible said in Acts 1-5, for John baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. The word baptized there, shall be baptized, it is the, Hebrew, the Greek word baptismo. It means to dip repeatedly. It means to be filled over and over and over and over again. You say, Pastor, why do I need to be constantly refilled? You need to be constantly refilled because you leak. See, see some people say, you know, Pastor, really, I got, I got that there Holy Ghost. I got him back in the depression, and I've been depressed ever since. Come on, somebody. But the, that was funny. You'll get that later. But here's the truth. You have to constantly be refilled with the Holy Spirit. You know, the problem in churches, we got too many leaky Christians. You need to have a fresh outpouring, a fresh touch. If you study, I was just at the Dead Sea a couple months ago. And at the Dead Sea, it's dead. Somebody say Dead Sea. How many of you know you don't get any sicker than dead? There are 57 tributaries of fresh water that flows into the Dead Sea. Nothing flows out of it. So everything that hits it dies. Have you ever known people who could only receive, 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 and it's like everything that hits their life dies? That if it's a relationship, if it's a job, if it's joy, it's like everything dies because all they do is take, 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 take. But the Holy Spirit said, I don't want you to be a reservoir. I want you to be a river. He said, and I'm going to constantly fill you up. You're going to put it out. I'm going to fill it up. You're going to put it out. Out of your belly shall flow forth rivers of living water. How many of you are ready for a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit? Make a little noise if you're ready to get filled and refilled again. Now watch this. You shall receive power. Somebody say power. Now the word power there is the Greek word dunamis. It's where we get our English word dynamite. Mm, push somebody and say boom. Yeah, dynamite, dunamis, dynamite, dynamite. Remember JJ? Dynamite. Some of y'all don't act like you're all 12. Whoever watched Good Times? That was, yeah, that was, that was a great show. JJ would say dynamite. And I want to tell you, you've been filled with dynamite. spiritual dynamite, dunamis. Now, now check this out. Dunamis is miracle working power. It's explosive power. I was studying several years ago and I read this uh, and it was in an encyclopedia. I know y'all don't have those anymore. You Google it, come on somebody. But when I went to school, we really had to go to school. We couldn't Google anything. Y'all don't know about having to go to the library, come on. And sit there and pull out, what do you call the, the cards you had to? Yeah, them, yeah. yeah. And you had to hunt it down. And, and I remember reading about dynamite. And dynamite was called this in the encyclopedia. Dynamite, the invention that changed the world. It said dynamite could make a road where there was no road. Dynamite could blast apart a mountain. Dynamite can make a way right out of no way. And isn't it something that the Bible said you're going to be filled with spiritual dynamite. You're going to be filled with dunamis. Come on, somebody. I'm telling you, it'll blast apart resistance. It'll deal with sickness. It'll blast apart problems. It'll make a way right out of no way. When the omniscient, omnipresent God begins to pray through you, it's like spiritual dynamite. Hallelujah. Ugh. 
You, you, you pray in tongues. Glory to God. Can I just talk to you? Can I just talk to you? Can I preach it like I feel it? You pray in tongues. And here's what I believe. I believe it's an unknown tongue. I believe the devil doesn't understand it. it he's inside of you. It's like a telephone in your bosom. Come on, somebody. And you begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. And the devil doesn't understand it. It's your secret code. It's your secret weapon. The devil hates it when you begin to pray in the Holy Spirit. Because he says all that happens when you begin to pray in the Holy Holy Spirit is every scheme that I have is broken down and every attack that I have is absolutely exposed it's called dynamite somebody say dynamite now the bedrock ingredient for dynamite is something called nitroglycerin nitroglycerin is what makes dynamite go boom now now the guy who invented dynamite was a man named Alfred Nobel I feel like preaching Alfred Nobel invented dynamite ain't it a trip that we named the Nobel Peace Prize after the guy who invented dynamite. Can I get a witness? But he invented dynamite, and he spent many years trying to, to, to substantiate dynamite, to invent it, and, and, and to house it, because it was so volatile, this nitroglycerin, that he was literally run out of town because he was blowing stuff up. But he could find nothing that could house it, nothing that could handle it, nothing that could take care of it. He put it in glass and glass couldn't house it. He put it in wood and wood couldn't house it. He tried in metal and metal couldn't house it. Nothing could contain that dunamis. Nothing could contain that nitroglycerin. He tried and tried and tried. Even they, I read that even there were people who were killed when they were, they were experimenting with it and he could not seem to find anything that could contain it. Until one day he was out in a river. I believe it was the Mississippi River. They were doing tests and he put it in dirt he put it in earth he put it in earth and when he put it in earth suddenly it was contained and he was able to use it but it didn't work until it got in earth and there was something about putting that nitroglycerin in earth that caused it to be able to be contained and then be utilized at the right moment in the right place ain't it a trip that the Bible says you have this treasure this dunamis this nitroglycerin in earth and vessels. God said, I put dynamite inside of you so that no weapon formed against you shall be able to prosper. When you pray in the Holy Spirit, you pray attacks off of your children. You pray solidity in your mind. You pray a way out of no way. You pray an open door. Somebody that believes that, give the Lord a shout of praise right now. So that's why the enemy doesn't want you to pray in the Holy Spirit because there is spiritual dynamite inside of you. Now, here it is. Some of y'all say, well, Pastor, I really like your preaching most of the time because you're kind of funny and, uh, and you kind of sing and I had somebody email with me a while back and they've been listening to me on the radio and they said I don't know I'm just saying what they said don't get mad at me they said you look like Clark Kent but you sound like an old black preacher I said well praise God <laughs> looks like deceiving can I get a witness 
I said, can I get a witness? But here's the deal. I like you, Pastor Eddie, but when you start talking about that tongue stuff, that she came on a Honda, she left on a Yamaha, <laughs> that tie my bow tie. I don't know about all that now. I love to come to this church when y'all start that. I'm like, I'm going to go to the cafe and have a cup of coffee. But here's the deal. Why tongues? Why couldn't we be something else? Why did it have to be tongues? I mean, that's a little weird, Pastor. Don't be out there. But you know what James said? James, man, James said, the tongue is the most unruly member. He said, of all the animals in the kingdom, you can, you can train them, but no man can tame the tongue. He said, no matter how hard you try, there's a mess in your mouth. Oh, I'm about to talk to you now. There's some of y'all, y'all know what I'm talking about. Look at your neighbor and say, he's talking to you. Yeah, there's always some doubt trying to get out of your mouth. I mean, I don't care how saved you are, how long you've been born again, you always got a mess just right there. Right there. You, she ain't going to make it. Oh. Some of y'all got a cuss in your mouth. Some of you used it when your kids wasn't getting ready in time. Come on. Oh, I'm talking to somebody. They, they cut you off in traffic and you went rick em, frick em, shick em. You know, that's cartoon cussing. Can I get a witness? You're like, what? Or, you know, there's a mess in your mouth. Wave at me if you understand that there can be doubt in your mouth. You're always on the verge of speaking fear. And you can, you can correct it for a while. You can correct it for a season. But then once in a while, get something gets out of your mouth and you're saying, why in the world did I even say that? Because no man can tame the tongue. But the Holy Ghost says, here's what I'll do. I'll get down inside of you and I'll do for you what you can't do for yourself. Say so when I start praying through you, you don't pray any doubt, you don't pray any fear, you don't pray any negativity, you don't you pray the mind and the will of God. So he said, That's why it's gotta be this way, because I gotta take over. Because you don't know how to pray sometimes, and you don't know what to say sometimes, but I'll get down inside of you and I'll line you up with the will of God. Somebody who wants to be lined up with the will of God, make a little noise right now. Line me up, pray through me, Holy Ghost. So he prays the mind. He prays the will of God. Yeah, but Pastor, still, it's a little bit out there. Just still too far out there for me. Just too out there. I like you, but that's just too, that's too far out there for me. Well, let me tell you something. Somebody say out there. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you what you already believe. Okay. You believe in something called the virgin birth. What is the virgin birth? That means Jesus' mama had a baby and she never had sex. I know there's some girls that's tried to claim that, but there was only one. Can I get a witness? <laughs> So you, who, already, who believes that Jesus was supernaturally born? Okay, you already believe that. You believe that he lived for 30 years without sin, 
you believe for three and a half years. <laughs> he healed the sick, raised the dead, called Lazarus out of the grave, walked on water, healed blind bottom males. Come on, somebody. He cursed leprosy off of people. Listen, he, he, he was a supernatural miracle working Jesus. He healed people who were bound and crippled and paralytic. He made a way right out of no way. He was a healer. How many of y'all actually believe that? If you believe that, make a little noise. Yeah, 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 you actually believe that. You, you believe, you actually believe that he called Lazarus out of the grave after Lazarus had been dead so long he stunk. You believe he called him out of the grave. You believe that Jesus died on the cross. Here's a real, here's a real clincher. You believe that you are washed in the blood of the lamb and you believe you are saved because of the blood. Not because of what you do, because of the blood. Not because of your denomination, but because of the blood. Oh, you crazy. You done lost your mind. You believe blood makes you clean, makes you new. You have already lost your mind. Listen, I need to put you, I got to get you some help. You believe in that. So if you believe they buried him in a tomb, in a borrowed tomb, because the only time you borrow something is when you ain't gonna need it for very long. Joseph of Arimathea, what have you done? You gave your tomb away. Joseph said, ain't no big deal, just kind of a weekend thing because you believe on the third day that Jesus kicked the end out of that tomb. He arose victorious over death, hell, and the grave. You believe that he conquered death. You believe that he ascended to the Father. You believe that right now he's seated at the right hand of God making intercession for you and me. Some of y'all even believe that there's going to be a trumpet blast soon and very soon. We are going to see the King we will arise in the rapture of the church and if, how many of you actually believe that i'm telling you you're already crazy step on in and say go all the way somebody who wants to go all the way give the lord a shout of praise right now What you believe, stand up everybody, is already so far away from the norm and the natural. Listen, I have people who watch me, bear with me for a moment. I have hundreds of pastors that watch me from around the nation. They watch me in these services and they come and watch us online. I would say to you pastors, many of you follow us here at Calvary and you have put your spirit-filled message in the closet and I would say to you it is time to preach the power of the Holy Spirit again don't dare play into the scheme of the enemy because anytime we don't preach on the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we are playing into the hands of the enemy because the last thing the devil wants is an empowered pastor with an empowered church in a city that needs an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Preach the power of the Holy Spirit. Omniscient, omnipresent, superpower. I believe you dance with the one who brought you. I didn't get here without the Holy Spirit. And I'm not going to move from this message. <sighs> How many of you want that fresh power in your life? One, two, three, lift up a roar if you want that fresh power in your life. Can I say this? And I've, I've, got, I've got to...
I've got to get you guys in the altars. Uh, I was doing prayer on Thursday and the second grade teacher came in and their scripture verse was on the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And she said when they quoted, they were all quoting their scriptures because they memorize it. And Pastor Don told me that those kids began to cry and they wanted that power. And in our second grade class, our school's doing better than it's ever done. We've got more students than we've ever had. We're we're doing more than we've ever done. We have waiting lists now to get into Calvary Christian Academy. You can't even hardly get in our school. Those kids began to cry. This teacher prayed. Almost that whole second grade class this Thursday was baptized in the Holy Spirit. They were... We need it! We need that power! How many of you want it on your children? How many of you want it on your grandchildren? I'm looking at that teacher. She's here today. You say, Pastor, why do I need it? I, last year I spoke because you leak. It needs to be every day. But let me tell you, salvation precedes this impartation. So with the heads bowed and eyes closed, if you're not where you need to be with God, and you'd say, Pastor, when you pray, pray for me. There's sin in my life. There's things that alienate me, separate me from the Lord. And when you pray, pray for me. If that's you, when I count to three, raise your hand. Are you ready? Pray for me, Pastor. One, two, three. Slip it up. Slip it up. Hands in every section. I don't want anything to block me from this power. Literally dozens. I want everybody in the room to take your hand and place it over your heart right now. Pray this prayer after me loud and strong. Pray, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name, name. please forgive me me for all my sins. Take my heart, heart. wash it clean in your precious blood. I repent, and as I repent, I receive you, and I'm made new. Now I'm ready. I don't have to wait. Now I'm ready. Holy Spirit. That's why the enemy's been getting the best of you in so many ways. Because you've not been operating in fully in the power of God. Look at him coming. Come on, come on, come on. Come from the balcony. Come from all over. Come, come, come. Come, come, come. Come on. Come on. I want it. I want it. I want it. It's not going to be hard. It's going to be supernatural. Hallelujah. You're going to walk out with more power than you ever dreamed. Come on. You're going to be refilled and filled. You're going to be filled and refilled. You're going to be refilled and filled. Come on. Come on. Come on. Press in. Press in. Press in. Come on. If, you, if you're up at the front, come on. Press on in. Press on in. We've got hundreds that are coming now. Hundreds that are coming. Come on. Come on. God's about to do it. God's about to do it. God's about to do it. There's more being filled right here than was on Pentecost. On Pentecost Sunday. Come on. Come on. Come on. You by live stream. You, you're ready. God's about to pour a spirit out at your house. God's about to pour a spirit over your children. God's about to pour a spirit over your family. Come on. I feel the anointing. I feel the anointing. I feel the anointing. I feel the anointing. I feel the glory of God. I feel the power of God. I feel the spirit of God. Let's don't complicate it. Come on. Come on. Stop trying to earn it. You just prayed. Now you're ready. You just gave it all to Jesus. Now you're ready. Come on. Come on. Now here's what I need. I want all of you that are fresh with the Holy Ghost. I want all of you that you know that you know that you know that it's a daily thing for you. I want you to come and stand behind these right now. I want you to come. Everybody move. Everybody move. You know I've got this, Pastor. I got it. I, I've got it. Come on, move out right now. I need some folks from the back to come because I need a lot of people to pray with me right now. I need you to move from across this place. Come on, move from across this place. Thank you. There you come. There you come. I'm pressing on you because I don't want you to miss it. I don't want you to miss it, but I need people who 
who are fresh with this thing. Glory, glory. That's it, that's it, that's it, that's it. God's going to fill people right in their seats. God's going to fill people right in their homes. You better get ready, get ready, get ready. I need all of my staff up here. I need all of my staff up here. Come on up here. Pastor Troy, Pastor Anderson, Judah, y'all get up here. Get up here. Courtney, get up here. Hallelujah. I want you up here. We're about to lay hands on people. They're about to be filled across this room. Hallelujah. I see I see people being filled in their homes. Come on, give God a praise right now. Gonna be filled in their homes right now. Watching by live stream. People watching Facebook Live. You're about to come alive in the Holy Spirit right now. Now, I want every one of you to look at me. I want every one of you to look at me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna teach for two minutes and then the Holy Spirit is gonna drop in this place. Look at me right in the eye. We don't need to complicate this thing. We don't need to make it harder than it is. Was it two months ago, Don, we were in Knoxville, Tennessee, and they asked me to preach uh, Winterfest. It's the largest youth movement that comes together, uh, and I, there were 14,000 young people there in Knoxville, Tennessee, where Tennessee plays basketball. I was preaching the youth convention there. There were 14,000 kids. 30,000 online. You know what I preached on? The baptism of the Holy Spirit. You know what I saw that night? Tens of thousands of young people there and online baptized in the Holy Spirit. If God can do it for 14,000, can he do it in this room right here? How many of you are ready for what he wants to do? Now, here's the deal. Look at me. Some of y'all say, well, Pastor, I don't know, man. Uh, I believe that the Holy Ghost will come and, and you know, I'll, I'll beam out of my body and I won't even know anything about it. And then when it's finally done, I'll come back and there I'll be. And I won't even be aware of it. But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that they spoke as the Spirit gave the utterance. In other words, if you don't say it, it won't get said. Now, the first thing you got to learn to do is, is you got to say something in church. Well, I was taught you don't say anything at church. Well, welcome to Calvary. You, you can actually say something here. You worship the Lord. You got to say something. You got to say something. So first of all, just get comfortable making a little noise. Lift up your hands and say, Lord, I worship you. Hallelujah. Just begin to worship the Lord right now. Magnify your name, Jesus. Glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah, the Spirit of the Lord is in this place. Hallelujah. Come on, you need to be using your vocal cords because the same voice that you're speaking with right now is the voice you're going to use to pray in the Holy Spirit of God. Hallelujah, come on. If you don't know what to say, just say, Hallelujah, Hallelujah. Oh, I feel him in here. I feel him in here. We worship you, Lord. We worship you. Now, let me explain to you how it's going to happen. We're going to pray a prayer together. And what's going to happen when we say the word now, when we say the word now, somebody say now. After we pray, when we say the word now, the Holy Spirit is going to pour His Spirit out in this place. Now what's going to happen is there's going to be maybe one word, two words, three words, four words, maybe a bunch, may just be one, but it'll come into your mind. 
and your mind will say, I can't say that because it'll sound like gibberish. It'll sound like something I never, that's just me. That's just me just being me. And the enemy will convince you not to say it because he doesn't want you to speak out by faith. But you know what you have to do? You have to speak it in faith. How are you saved? You're saved by faith. And you speak this by faith. In other words, that word will make no sense to you. If you only get one word, say that one word over and over and over again. If you get several, let it flow. Do what? Just you come to the Lord and you let him fill you, but you speak it by faith. You are aware that you're speaking it. You know that you're speaking it, but there will be a feeling where you say, God, I feel that now. The spirit of the Lord is on me. You speak it by faith. If you don't speak it, it won't be spoken. Don't come complicate it an outpouring of the Holy Spirit in my life I declare I gotta have it I won't live without it pour it on me pour it through me pour it in me I raise up my hands I lift up my voice and I tell you Holy Spirit fill me up Fill me up with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And I receive it. I receive it. I receive it. I receive it. Are you ready? Say, I receive it. Shout now. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Move out and lay hands on people.
Here's what I want you to do. I want you to raise your hands and just lift it loud if you'd like to. When I count to three, everybody on the stage, everybody here, everybody by live stream, thousands of people. When I count to three, pray in the Holy Ghost. If you didn't receive it, you just worship the Lord. He'll fill you right. He can fill you right now. One, two, three. Pray. Exactly what happened in the upper room. Just like this. This was just what was in the upper room. Stood in that room many times. This is it. And I've said all I know. And I've known all I've said. I've known all I've said. And I've said all I know. But then there comes a moment when I transcend this natural world. And I lift my hands and no longer do I articulate his goodness in English. But I begin to say, oh,
the name of Jesus, I decree and declare. Come on, wave at me if you were filled or refilled today. Come on. Watch this now. Pastor Troy, they need to know this is not a one-time event. We've extended this service on purpose to give you the opportunity to be filled with the Holy Spirit, to understand that I pray in the Spirit. I pray what I don't even know, but then I worship in the Spirit. Let me just say this. We had a supernatural outpouring of the Holy Spirit in our youth ministry a few nights ago. Hundreds of kids were filled. And here's what I, I feel like I just, I feel prompted to say this. Much of the work of the early church, even if you Google it when you get home, you can study about it and find out that a big part of what God did, he get through, did through teenagers and young people. How about BCU, President Grimes? How about DB, Daytona State College? How about Emory Riddle? Why don't we see an outpouring at Seabreeze, Mainland? How many of you want to see these young people in this generation? Stop, stop killing each other. Come on, somebody. Stop being crazy. Let's have an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Now, I want to tell you this. We're going to, John, you can stay around and lead, lead a little bit of worship. And if you want to stay, you can stay. But here's the deal. This is, son, this is not just for today. Okay? This is for tonight. This is for in the morning. This is for tomorrow night. And if the devil tries to tell you that it's not real, you, put, you pull your car over and you put it in park and you say, devil, get out of your bed. So here's what I pray over you. Listen, I got a feeling. I, I, it's hard for me to put it into words. I got a feeling about first Wednesday. I got a feeling, Pastor Dawn, I got this feeling that we're gonna see some miracles that we've never seen before. I got a feeling about that first Wednesday, and it's not just cause food trucks are coming. I got a feeling that there's about to be an outpouring of fire this summer at Calvary. Who's ready for it? Don't miss next Sunday, don't miss first Wednesday. Hold your hands up. I speak the blessing of the Lord over your life. I declare that this that you have received is going to change your life. Depression lifts off of you. Discouragement, doubt, and fear lifts off of you. Worry about tomorrow. Things that went wrong, things that shocked you that did not happen. God said the reason that it didn't happen is because I got something better. He said the Holy Spirit is praying the mind and the will of God through you. If you didn't receive it, you meditate on what I said. And the Lord, he will fill you. You just keep seeking. Now, I want everybody to take your hand and put it on your neighbor's shoulder. Everybody right now. Just, just tell your neighbor, say, aren't you glad you got to see me today? Come on, look at him. Say, aren't you glad you got to see me? Come on, you need to look at him and tell him that. They act like they don't believe it. But tell, tell that same neighbor, I'm more glad I got to see the Holy Spirit move. Hold that neighbor's shoulder. Anderson's going to come and close us in prayer. This is not over. John, will you stay and sing a minute, son? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. And uh, those of you who are visiting and new, I'd love to shake your hand. I would love to meet you. I want you to, I want you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something about these services today. I want you to share it all over Facebook. 
that in Ormond Beach, Florida, there is a Holy Ghost-filled house that's not ashamed of the outpouring of God's Spirit. Okay, son, close us out. If you're visiting with me, I'm going to go back in the back, and I'll give you a sweaty handshake in the name of Jesus.